Year after year of not winning, I find myself in the pessimistic mindset and can't seem to garner any hype during the offseason anymore. Do any of you feel this? And if so, how do you cope with this? It sounds geeky, but the Yankees are a major part of my life, and it's disheartening. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. With me as always is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Stace wrapping up another week here on Locked On Yankees. Of course, we're still five days a week, folks. You know that already. So make sure to hit subscribe because we're still doing five episodes a week here in the offseason. Stacey, we have a whole bunch of questions today. You guys crushing it still here with the questions in the offseason. And uh, let's go ahead and start with this first one from our Locked On Yankees Insiders Club. Of course, you always get priority here on Fan Mail Fridays. Stacey, our first one comes from Kike asking us, Year after year of not winning, I find myself in the pessimistic mindset and can't seem to garner any hype during the offseason anymore, no matter what trade rumors are out there. Do any of you feel this? And if so, how do you cope with this? It sounds geeky, but the Yankees are a major part of my life, and it's disheartening. Stacy, I don't think Kike's alone here at all. Why are Yankees fans so helpless? Oh, gosh, it's been so long since they've won anything. And, you know, this drought is becoming close to what it was in the 80s. And the poor kids who, you know, were coming into their formidable years in the 90s saw winning and nothing but winning. And this is really rough for them. They're having a very big existential crisis right now because of the way the Yankees are playing. Here's my advice, because I'm a lot older than you, probably, Kike. You have to make them not be such an important part of your life, which is hard to do because I used to do that. I mean, my mood used to revolve around what the Yankees did. My coworkers knew to stay away from me if they lost big games. I mean, when they lost the 2004 ALCS, no one spoke to me in my office until noon. And it was only until I said something like, why isn't anyone talking to me today? Because they thought I was going to go crazy. And I was like, "Eh." I knew it was over after game five. Don't worry. But you just have to make it not be such a big part of your life which is hard to do, but you just have to let yourself, you know, it's sports. It's just, it's something you have to enjoy. You can't let it affect you that much. That's my advice. That's welcome to locked on therapy session right now. <laughs> yeah, easier said than done, Sace. Let's no, I know it takes, it's but so it takes difficult. It takes time to do it. Cause it really took me years to do that. And I still get a little, you know, but I, I, I try to practice Zen baseball. A little. Come on, Stace. You you guys don't know. You're you you only see on show Stacy. There's there's pre-record Stacy that you hey, no one has seen. Hey, no one has seen that one. Don't let I, them know. I, 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 I know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh that that goes for both of us, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Easier said than done, obviously, dude. It's 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 so hard to compartmentalize it in your head. Yeah. Because you pour your heart and soul. And I think baseball is unique in that situation, too, because you spend so much time yeah. uh, invested in it because there is so much time so to invest. <laughs> so uh, I get it, dude. I get it. I, I've talked about my Lakers fandom throughout my whole life uh, on this show. 
obviously. And, you know, there were some lean years. So, so take it from a fan of a, a different dynasty uh, <laughs> that had to go through a drought. And, and granted, let me, let me be real. The Lakers drought, not as long, but way worse. I mean, <laughs> awful. I mean, like 10 win season type stuff, like 16 win season. So, uh, you know, I've been there, I've been there, dude. And I think the way I've kind of let it be in my head is like, you're watching it and you're, you're like, this, this is how I prove I'm a fan. This is how I prove I'm, I'm, I'm a real fan. Because yeah, I'm going stick, through this. And obviously, yeah. <laughs> like, there's still good things. Obviously, Garrett Cole just won the Cy Young. So, like, clearly there are still good things to watch here. Um, and and I think, um, you know, you think about the wins, obviously, a lot. Uh, but I think some of the most fond memories I have of being a baseball fan is going to the ballpark with my dad, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and enjoying a hot dog while I watch whatever happened. You know, th those are the things that I think last more. Yeah. Um, obviously the banners fly forever and you always want to win, but the vast majority of the time that you're watching sports, you're not winning a championship. And I think you need to find the good in that part too, because I love the summer night at the ballpark. I, I think that, you know, the summer night at the ballpark is, it's like, if my life flashed before my eyes, that's going to be the things that's that pop up, right. Is the night at the ballpark in mid July. That's the best part of it. Um, that comes way more often than a championship ring. Just throwing that out there. So find the good parts, man. You're not the only one out there. I'm sure there are a lot of people that will be in our comments here today that are like, dude, I'm right there with you. So you're not alone, Kike. Uh, thank you for your question here. This next one is coming from Angelino. Do you guys have any faith in cash and making any significant moves this offseason? If not, do you guys see how stepping in more than usual to get deals done before, uh, be it trades or signing? Stacey, use your thoughts on this one. Um, do I have any faith? Yes. Is it a lot of faith? No, but there's some faith there. I feel like he knows the pressure is on him at this point to do something. The Yankees know. Ownership knows. The front office knows that something has to happen this offseason. They can't just sign one guy and be like, done. Not after the way this year played out. And I, I really don't think Hal would step in. Hal is really side by side by Cashman. I mean, we found that out this week after everything that happened. He was like, I was just not happy with the cussing. So he's perfectly fine with how Cashman is operating. So I don't see Hal stepping in at all. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I think on that front, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, faith in him making more significant moves. I think uh, my bigger question is making the right moves, is, mm. is you know, being smart about it and realizing there there's more than the, the shiny object of the offseason, right? I've kind of been saying that here recently don't just go after getting one and being like i'm done <laughs> it's uh, addressing the multiple issues and granted that is a tough uh a tough problem to tackle but it's one problem that needs to be tackled and uh you know you can't you can't expect it all to come and be fixed overnight but uh i'd like to see some steps towards the right direction addressing the main issues and um i'll, I'll say this james rousen seems like the a good first step so mm -hmm. You're looking for for signs of life uh thank you angelina for your question stacy this next one coming from betty do you think cashman's rude comment about stanton which angered his agent will destroy the possibility of getting yamamoto since he has the same agent stacy we kind of briefly touched on this during that episode but now we can kind of get into it a little bit more uh is that going to be a serious problem I saw a report on Wednesday, I believe it was Andy Martino, who said that Yamamoto didn't even know what was going on and even hear what his agent said about anything. <laughs> so I don't think so. And I believe 
Wolf and Cashman spoke to each other. So I think that was squashed and I think everything will be okay because if the Yankees end up offering him the most money, they're not going to care about this. <laughs> sure. That's fair. Uh, I think take it, take it with as much salt grains that you can here, but uh, this is something that every dares know. I say very, very often here all the time. It doesn't help. No, right. <laughs> uh, does it hurt? Uh, again, it doesn't help. Right. That That's where I'm getting at. And, um, you know, for the most part, I, I've, I've made my piece here a couple of times on the show here with these comments. But uh, to, to reiterate, just stop talking. Just uh, just stop. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's just As not the black eyes, uh, black eyed piece saying all those years ago. Shut up. Just shut up. Shut up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Banger of a song. Absolute club hit. Uh, Stacey, we have one more here in the segment. We have a whole bunch more to get to here today. But this last one in the segment from another Lockdown Yankees insider. This is coming from Kyle. And I'm going to leave this one for you, Stace, because this is a little too old for me. Who was your favorite Yankee in the 1998 season? That is a very specific question, Kyle, but I like it. Stacy, your favorite 1998 Yankee. I didn't really have one favorite. I love that entire team. I love the way they came together, especially during that brawl against Baltimore when Tino got hit in the back by Armando Benitez and they just banded together and ran over everyone for the rest of the season. It was one of the most fun seasons I watched as a Yankee fan. Um, I will say I loved El Duque. I did love El Duque. I loved him the entire time he was with the Yankees. And uh, in the playoffs, I loved Scott Brocious because he did really well. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I was five. <laughs> thank you, Kyle, for your question. Uh, thank you all for your questions here today. Of course, if you want priority, just like Kyle and Betty and Angelino and Kike, and we have another fan mail Friday coming from another insider. You can join the Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club. Check that link in the episode description. You can click there and get a 14-day free trial. You also get a whole bunch of other perks as well. So check it out. It's a good time. It's 14 days, and we can text about Garrett Cole there and stuff. So do that. Um, all right. We have more questions when we come back. Hey, everydayers out there, today we want to get a little bit more personal here on Locked On Yankees because we just learned that you can get a one-year supply of ED medications with our sponsor, Jace Medical. That means you're going to be ready for the next supply chain issue no matter what causes it. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revatio prescriptions. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. You can go online right now to jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. And of course, use that promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount too. This is a verified customer review about Jace saying, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. If you want some peace of mind, which, hey, we could always have by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember, use that promo code locked on for 20 bucks off your first purchase.
Back here on Locked On Yankees. Hey, everydayers, you guys watch us all the time. Why not watch some other shows too? Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel here on YouTube. You can just go look up Locked On Sports today, 24-7 sports coverage. It has shows like ours. It has all the Locked On Network on there, the top stories every day. So go check it out. Subscribe there. It's a whole bunch of fun, just like our show is, and just like Fan Mail Friday is. Stacy, we have one more here coming from a Lockdown Yankees insider. Adam, this one's a little long-winded, so let's go ahead and go for it. Hey, Steve and Stace, Clark versus King. Clark Schmidt, who had his first true year as a starter only and obliterated his previous innings pitch number versus Michael King, who was solid in the pen, then stretched out towards the end of the year as a starter. Who has more trade value, and which one would you prefer to hang on to? I'll go with King. Nothing against Clark as he was serviceable this year, but King stuff is just plain nasty. Thanks, guys. Here's to hoping that one guy shuts his mouth so we don't have to talk about him. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Thank you for being an everydayer. Uh, you watch you watch that episode. Stacy, um, let's take the first part of it. Uh, this kind of holds true for both. I think uh, it might be end up being the same answers, but the first part of it, who has more trade value, Clark Schmidt or Michael King? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know who does. Cause I don't know. I'm not good with that stuff. Like I'm not good with evaluating, like who's good for trades and stuff. Who do you think? Because it... I think either way, if you're throwing a trade here, they're both throw-ins. Okay. They're not, uh, right. They're not like the showcase piece. They're, of yeah, the, that's, they're no, not, no yeah. one's going after Clark Schmidt. No <laughs> offense to Clark Schmidt. Uh, no one's going after Clark Schmidt, like in that way, like, oh, we need him. Yeah. Uh, he is, he is to a lot of eyes and innings eater right now. Um, with some upside, Michael King is not an innings eater, but probably has a higher upside than Clark Schmidt because of what you said, the, the stuff, the stuff is better. Like Michael yeah. King stuff is better. Clark Schmidt has to be craftier, right? He, he, he has to pitch to more contact Clark Schmidt, uh, in that regard versus Michael King. Michael King is the strikeouts guy. Like it's just different. So maybe they're not the same. Uh, I, Michael King probably. Yeah. No, Clark Schmidt. I would say Clark Schmidt has a little bit more trade value, just a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, just because of the innings stuff and that he's been there as a starter, he could be a serviceable, serviceable four, and that'd be nice. Uh, but again, as a throw in, um, but yeah, I, I, if I, if it's down to the two of them and I'm Sophie's choice in this situation, I think I take the gamble on Michael King as a starter. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I feel, I don't know why I feel more comfortable with him as a starter, but I think it's his stuff because his stuff is really nasty when it's working. Stuff is better. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's no knock on Clark Schmidt at nope. all. He was, he was really good this past season. Like mm -hmm. he, he did more than what was asked of him, which was great. Way uh, more. Thank you, Adam. And thank you to all the Lockdown Yankees insiders. We have plenty more questions from our YouTube community. You can always reply Monday through Thursday on the Lockdown Yankees YouTube channel. There's a pinned comment down there. All you got to do is hit that reply button, just like all these other people. This is coming from Casey Cattro, 7050. Out of all the Yankees that had a down year still under contract, who do you think will have the biggest impact in 2024? Stacy, I really like this question. This is a good one. I think Stanton's going to be really pissed and he's going to do really well. <laughs> wow. Okay. I like, I like a little Stanton love. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like Stanton. I feel bad that he had such a bad year last year because, as I said on the show the other day, when he goes, the Yankees go. And, you know, what he did against Cleveland in 2020 and the year he had when he first came over in 2018. And, you know, I feel like he still has good years in him. He just has to figure things out. And I really I'm hoping for a really big rebound from him. I agree. I like that. Uh, my answer is going to be DJ LeMahieu. I nice. think he really turned around that second half. 
I think Sean Casey did wonders with him. He seems so much more comfortable at the plate, and I would love to see him have a big turnaround season uh, to where it's hard to 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 figure out the playing time. That that's the best case scenario, right? Is is it's not a dude. It's the only guy we got. It's a dude who are we supposed to put in because they're all hitting, and I have to get them all playing time. That's the best right. case situation. So, I'm I'm my picks, DJ. Uh, thank you, Casey, for your question. This next one. Uh, is coming from who is this one? Booyah get Yanks. Do you think Hal is going to overrule Cashman this offseason and uh, he'll make the signings and trades? Stacey, we kind of touched on this one, uh, but I wanted to get this one in as well. I, I really don't think so. I feel like Hal, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Hal doesn't, he doesn't have that personality. He's not the type of owner who's going to do that. You know, he's not his dad. I mean, that's good that he's not his dad, but I, I really don't see him as that kind of owner stepping in and doing anything. He really trusts, obviously, he really trusts Cashman. The family trusts him, and I don't see him doing that at all. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah, just to reiterate that one. But thank you for your question, Boo. I get yanks. You know, we we see your questions all the time, so we appreciate you being a part of uh, the Family Friday family. Uh, this last one here, Stacy, in this segment is coming from Angelo Reina five three three six. What are the luxury tax thresholds for twenty twenty four? Nice and simple answer for you: two hundred thirty seven mil is that first one. Then it goes up ten mil each thereafter, and then it's like that progressive tax thingy. Mm-hmm. That's the answer. 237, <laughs> then it's 247, 257, and then, wow. you know, whatever, the tax on top of that of, you know, they pull X percent of that. That's um, so much money. Yeah. What are you talking about? I got it in my bank account right now. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm minus 1437 right now because I screwed oh. up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about Good one. Deal. forgot about one bill. My Spotify bill. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, I was like, your Spotify bill is $1,400? Yeah, no, $14. <laughs> that's a little easier. That's a little easier. Yes, no, my God. I don't understand people who do that, by the way. You know, I don't know what it's like to have a lot of money. You know, like I'm excited when I have 20 bucks on my bank account. And when I hear people saying they're in all this debt, they're like, oh, yeah, like one of my credit cards has 9000 The other one has this. I'm like, uh-uh. You just pull so Padres I- and you get a loan. Right. I see. We spoke about that too, and I don't understand how they were able to do that. But yeah, the two thirty-seven. That's a. <laughs> that's Everything's a big, made up, Stacy. Everything's made up. We invented everything. That's a big uh, number. <laughs> thank you for your questions, guys. We have a couple of more here. We're going to get to right after this quick break. Back now on Lockdown Yankees, Stacy. A couple more questions to get to here today. Uh, this one's coming from Midnight Something. It's way too long of a uh, <laughs> of a username here on YouTube, but we'll call you Midnight. This is coming from at Midnight. Uh, <laughs> I think they bring in Osmus as the bench coach, and if the team continues to slide early on, they get rid of Boone quickly, and Brad Osmus becomes the new manager. That might already be the team's thinking, even before the season starts. Obviously, it's not ideal thinking, but what are your thoughts on this one? Wow, yeah, I haven't considered because uh, they 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 were pretty hell bent on not moving Boone last season, right? Like, right. Granted, I, I I'm not in the higher Boone camp. Uh, that's not where I lean. I don't think he's the main problem. I think he did a pretty decent job last season overall, uh, managing that mess. So, uh, but Stacy, uh, let, let's let's play in in this person's camp here. Let's say they bring in Osmus. Was is there some like, like you know, 4D chess being played here? I don't think so. 
No. Again, like I said in the last segment, that feels like it would be a George Steinbrenner move where he would bring someone in like that in the back of his head thinking, I'm going to fire this guy and replace him because, I mean, how many times <laughs> did he do that? Um, I don't think that would be the thinking at all. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think so, because they they really stick with Boone. They like Boone. The players like Boone. As long as the players like Boone, they're not going to do anything with. Yeah. Him. If he loses the clubhouse, it's over. Right. Uh, yeah. And until he does that, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, no. I mean, as far as early termination, right. there would have to be a pretty hard fall off, uh, like in April, if you're thinking in that regard, I think, yeah. for, for that to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, even if it's like a 500, it'd have to be like a 10 in a row. It had to be like an Edmonton Oilers situation uh, <laughs> where you're doing something like that, right? Where it's just like, dude. I, I don't, I don't, even if you're not the problem, but I just, we got to do something. We got to do something. Uh, that would be, I think the only way Boone goes early is if it's complete dumpster fire. Mm. Uh, even if the team is like middling 500 or, or, or a couple games under that, they'll just ride it out to the end of the contract and say adios after, which they yeah. might end up doing anyway, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't know if Osmus is going to be the guy either. I just, no. I don't know. I'm not super, super in on that. Just we know general. Andrew Bailey isn't because he was named the Red Sox pitching coach earlier this week. Yeah, that kind of that kind of makes it hard for him to do both just a little bit. <laughs> Good for but him, busy. though, by the way. <laughs> go. Sorry, actually, I can't make this game. I also have something to do at 7.05 tonight. Yeah, sorry. I got to go to Fenway. I, I, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see you when you guys are here. Uh, thank you at midnight for your question. This next one's coming from at Patrick Sinclair 2384. Any chance we see Curtis Granderson get a coaching job with the Yanks? Stacy, Curtis Granderson, bench coach or something else? Is he coaching anywhere? I, I no. haven't heard about Curtis Granderson in a really long time. I really want, I really wanted Curtis Granderson to go into a booth somewhere because I think he'd be really great. Isn't he air. pre and post? Is he somewhere? Is Where? On yes? Am I crazy? Isn't Curtis Granderson on on yes? No. no? Wasn't he at some point? <laughs> Was he? No, I don't think so. Oh my God. I Am I not? Curtis Granderson was on something. Was I not remembering Curtis Granderson being on? Yes. Oh my God. I'm not crazy. Right. Or was he just like, he was just like, uh, was he on? Know, maybe. Oh, 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 Bally sports Detroit. He was like, he was on it for a little bit. I think I was okay. going to say, I'm like, no, oh, he I does like not... TBS. He does like TBS. Yes. Okay. That makes okay. sense. But yeah, no, he's really like, I always wanted him to do that. Um, I think he'd be, I mean, I don't think he'd be bad at coaching, but I think he's really good for TV. You yeah, know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, if he was so much, so much so that I remember what he's on clearly. <laughs> Cause I'm like, there's no way that I forgot that Curtis Granderson was on. Yes. I mean, I know I'm getting old and forgetting things, but I, I yeah, no, but to protect um, myself. You got to remember, I don't live in New York. I don't have this network. I watch plus, games on MLB. Plus, your girlfriend's from Detroit, right? Is that yes. why you watch? That's why you well, see him. Just yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. also my my phone helped me out there by googling. That. <laughs> okay. I was like, okay. Curtis Granderson TV. Yeah, that popped up. Uh, but I think if, I, if he was into coaching, sure. I mean, any guy who's into coaching and used to coach at Yankee Stadium and uh, not coach play at Yankee Stadium, I feel has a leg up in a way because they know what it's like to play. And if any young players come along. They can help them. I feel like there's value in that because it's not. I feel like he would be like a, an instructor first, like a yeah, special like assistant spring training. spring training kind of yeah. thing. And then maybe he's like, ooh, this is kind of fun. I caught the bug. That That's where I'd see it coming in. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's usually how it um, happens with those guys. <laughs> here, here's one thought I had literally today. Kyle Higashioka is going to coach at some point. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see that. That just makes the most sense in the world. Plus, former catchers are usually... Always, and yeah. he's just the calmest, coolest <laughs> dude. He's going to be a coach one day. Yeah, I, I yes, that's definitely I could one see of him coaching it like for like the Indiana Hoosiers or something, you know, like he coaches at Indiana or like Utah or something, you know, like <laughs> rice, something like that. I, I could see him totally coaching like collegiately or something like that too. Uh, anyway, last one here today. Thank you, Patrick, for your question. This last one's coming from PWX 13 on YouTube. Yanks 2024 over under 80 wins. What do you think? Nice and simple one to wrap up the day. I'm going to go straight up. Come on, man. Over. Let's go. What are we doing here? This, yeah. is, this is November 17th. And I'm over here going, the Yankees are going to lose more. Nah, come on, man. Come no. on. It's off season. End of segment. End of week. Yankees 90 wins. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yes. What am I'm I a, here for? What, what I, are we doing? What am I, I doing? For going, yeah, they're going to lose. Yeah. No, 80. Come on. I mean, they won 82 and they were bad last year. They were bad and they still won. I mean, they were bad. There were times where that team was just awful. And the fact that they were over 500, finished over 500 was kind of a miracle with that nine game losing streak. So because this always this always happens where um, people will predict the Yankees doing really badly and then they're they're perfectly fine. There was one year I wrote for ESPN and I predicted they were going to be 84 and 78 2014. And I got a lot of hate for that. How dare you say they're only going to win 84 games? What did they finish in 2014? 84 and 78 on the nose. I was right. Yes. Congrats on that. Yes. Because I watched 2013. I saw what that team was like. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) I'm like, yeah, they finished with like 83 or 85 that year. And I was like, yeah, they're not going to do much better in 2014. But this I feel like too many things went wrong in 2023 and some things that went wrong have to go right in 2024. I think that automatically makes them better and they're not going to be under 80 wins. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Cool. I like the new tune because we had been singing 24 might be pretty bad. It's right. still good. Still good. It's but that's, still, not how, I mean, that's not how we're ending the week. That's not how we're ending the week. No, we're going to end it positively. I just feel like too many things went wrong because a lot of things went wrong in 2013. Uh, 2013. Well, yes, but 2023. So I feel like maybe not 90, maybe 88. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll go 90. 120. Major League record, 137. All right, that's going to do it for today. Of course, guys, we always have Fan Mail Fridays. We always love that you're part of it. We love that you drive the show. I really appreciate that you're being a part of this community. Thank you so much for joining us here for another week of Lockdown Yankees. Stacey, what do we got coming up on Monday? We have an interesting one coming up on Monday. We're doing another episode of Making the Case, and this time we're making the case for Josh Hader. Yeah. Elite closer. (laughs) Elite closer. We'll see. We're going to be doing that on Monday. Of course, join the Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club to get Fan Mail Friday priority, as well as a whole bunch of other really cool perks. And of course, don't forget to check out the Lockdown Sports Today 24-7 YouTube streaming channel. It's awesome. You'll see us on there on occasion. You'll also get to hear from other great Lockdown hosts. Go check it out 24-7. Top stories every day. And just flip it on in the background, dude. Like, you know how you're always like scrolling through YouTube and you're just like, I just need to put something on. Just follow Lockdown Sports today. Why not? Uh, and that's going to do it for today's Lockdown Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gasulius. We will see you next week. 